You are now listening to Straight Talk with Postgrad Recruits. Here is Troy University sideline reporter Junior LaSaint, Valdosta's Daily Time columnist and owner of the Recruit Database, Zane Rowland, owner and creator of Postgrad Recruits, Chris Blanton, and your host, Mr. Just Kev yeah, himself, Kevin Robinson. Straight Talk Postgrad Recruits. We've got the whole crew in, and our guest tonight is Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. He's a sports psychologist. We're going to talk about mental health and mental well-being, not only for, you know, athletes, but even the everyday person. And just dive into Dr. Wilkinson's background. Let us tell him, let, let him tell us a little bit about how he handles athletes and what he does on a day-to-day basis and what we can do to improve our mental health, you know, in our everyday lives and not just in sports. So what we'll do now, have everybody go around, introduce ourselves, and then we'll get into it. So, of course, my name is Kevin. I go by Just Kev. Believe it or not, a lot of people get my name wrong as normal and as regular as it is. So you can follow me on my Twitter, just underscore OK. Um, I'm sorry, just Kev underscore OK uh, on all of my social media. So that's me, man. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so Dr. Bernie blessed us tonight, man. It should be a good one. We just wanted to talk a little about mental health and, you know, me and Dr. Bernie, we talk a little bit. Um uh, during the weekend, you know, this is something big, you know, uh, I know Freeman, you know, this is something me and him talked about, me and Cortez stuff, we talked about that, you know, all professional athletes, so we just wanted to, you know, talk to a, somebody who's uh, trained and skilled in the field of mental health and, you know, get their perception on it. Yeah, and I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we, we talk often about, uh, well, we talk about kids and youth all the time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have opportunity to come on with you guys and talk about um, how mental health uh, affects and, and influences athletes and their performance and, you know, what they're trying to do with their lives and, and vice versa, how, you know, sports and athletics and exercise and all can influence in a positive way our, our mental health. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. tell you with it right yeah i got you right so i mean one of one of the things you know kev you can chime in on this that we've talked about is uh the mental health how how the stress of sports and you know family can play on a student athlete and um and we even gotten to you know some professional athletes you know simone biles and how how that plays a part of their you know, day-to-day lives, the things that people don't really think about. They just see the athlete, you know, on the field or the court or the, you know, in the gym and don't think about the mental aspect of it. Um, and I mean, our podcast caters to youth, you know, high school, college age, age athletes, and somebody might be listening tonight, you know, that, that need to hear, you know, some of this breakdown and get, get a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm glad that you mentioned some like Simone Biles and, and there's there's been a lot of other examples over the over the course of the past year. Um, even with the Winter Olympics, you know, we had the whole situation with the the, the Russian um, uh, ice skaters, you know, and the, the yeah. meltdown that they had, you know, and I, I think that what happens is everyone tends to be so focused on the outcome. You know, everybody wants to see what happens on the field or you know, in that competition, and they're not really thinking about all the stuff that leads up to that, and, and the, the pressure and stress that, you know, sometimes athletes go on, are, are put under um, for that ultimate outcome, and 
you know, by the time they get there, you know, they, it's a lot of pressure. It, it, they can feel a lot of pressure at those times. So we talk about the Simone Biles of the world, the Gabby Douglases, you know, the athletes that are out in the forefront, really big names, really famous. You know, sometimes they're playing for a lot of different reasons, uh, you know, specifically monetarily. But when we talk about your everyday athlete, the high school, the college, and, you know, and even some of your lower tier professionals, what do you think the difference, you know, or approach from you would be, say, from, you know, that, that everyday college athlete or even, you know, a top ranked college athlete, athlete versus an approach you would take towards that pro athlete who's playing for a lot of different reasons and a lot of extra reasons outside of a kid who, like Chris spoke about, it may be pressure from the family. It may be, you know, it may be love of the game, but there's a lot of different pressures, I guess is what I'm trying to get to, that that, that high school athlete versus that pro athlete. How would you approach each? Yeah, I, I think that one of the big things that I try to think about when working, especially with student athletes is, um, and, and when they're, by the time they get to see me, they're, they're struggling with something, you know? Um, and, and what I tend to try to um, explore at the start is, is why are we even, why are we even in this sport? You know, why are we engaged in the sport at all? Um, you know, a lot of times it is, you know, I just love playing. I, I love being on the field. I love this aspect or that aspect. I love competition. Um, but sometimes there's not an answer, you know, they don't know why they're even playing. And, and as soon as that you get to that kind of response, you know, the approach to working with them is kind of goes in a completely different direction because now we have to look for motivation and you guys know, you know, how important motivation and drive and all is in, into success. And, um, you know, if they don't even know why they're on the field, then we, we have to figure that out before we're going to improve anything with their performance. So that's, that's usually where I start when I'm working with, with student athletes. It's funny you say that, that kind of piggybacks off of, uh, we weren't necessarily talking about mental health last week, but we were talking about, the whys or the why nots, you know, a little bit in the podcast last week. So it's great that you mentioned that's a starting point for you a lot of times. Um, speaking of the starting points, what led you into this career field? Kind of give us your background and let us know, you know, where you started and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, well, I, I went to, I, I'm one of those guys who like, I, I changed my ideas, my thoughts about my career many, many, many times as an undergraduate. And um, it was, during my senior year, I decided I was going to go into psychology. And, um, and then once I got into psychology, I kind of had a bunch of different ideas again. And so I, I started out in school psychology and then I did clinical psychology and um, I did some forensic psychology and uh, uh, nutritional and uh, all kinds of different things. And, and more recently, I've gotten into to sports psychology because I became a um, nationally licensed uh, soccer coach. Um, and I, I coached here in, in this area for some competitive teams um, up to um, 18 and 19 year old uh, boys, men, I guess, um, uh, playing competitively across around the state. And um, in doing that work, I, I started to see some of these things that we're talking about. And uh, so I started to look into it and took some courses and stuff to kind of build uh, a little bit of uh, experience and understanding of, of sports psychology and uh, started to implement that and became the sports psychologist for the, uh, for the Lakeland Tropics. And uh, so I worked with some of the, the, the sort of semi-pro um, soccer players and I've worked with uh, some tennis players and golfers and, and some, some, a few different sports, um, working with them individually um, as well as in teams to, to try to help 
improve their performance and improve their cohesiveness as a team. Right. So, I mean, let's, let's start, you know, we're not, we're not even going to go, you know, mental health, it starts all the way down. I mean, athletes start at five years old now, but um, let's kind of look at, there's been a lot of suicides um, in the past couple of years, um, even with athletes who, uh, you know, they've been fighting and fighting to try to, you know, get that scholarship all their life and, and be in that spotlight. Um, there was a kid from uh, Miami uh, who, who, committed suicide um and you know had a ride to georgia tech um you know and you know you know come from you know a low-income family you know this is his ride what you know if we just you know try to dig into the minds of you know some of these athletes what would you think would be some of the reasoning for you know that that stress that pressure that would cause him to do some of that yeah you know i i have not heard about that story and that that's that's terrible um you know i think that there's a there's a lot of behind the scenes types of things that can lead to that um we we see it uh, you know we but we we see it in athletics but we also see it in academics you know students who are 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 under those really high pressures for, to perform and, and make really good grades and they get these um accolades and then all of a sudden you know they're they're falling apart and they they drop out of school or they you know do something to harm themselves or commit suicide and I, I think it's the, the 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 amount of pressure that um, sometimes they put on themselves, but sometimes that they are experiencing from others, from their parents or um, family. You know, I, I really feel for some of these uh, student athletes that come from the low-income um, families where this is you know this is their opportunity, this is the opportunity, and and suddenly this you know 18-year-old is feeling all the pressure that I have to go and succeed. And, and make something because that I'm going to help pull my family out of this situation that they're in. And I mean, I could not imagine being an 18 year old experiencing that amount of pressure and, and, and the challenges that I would be, you know, facing. And, um, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, I suppose, a, a lot of them just can't manage that level of stress, that, that type of pressure. And, um, you know, it can, they can decompensate and it can lead to depression and, and, um, you know, certainly these, these, you know, more horrific um, experiences of, of suicide and self-harm and stuff. So going, going with the inverse of that, because we talk a lot about kids coming from the low-income communities, low-income backgrounds, single father, single mother type backgrounds. What's your experience with, you know, athletes on the other side? Maybe they're middle class, maybe they're rich but they've got that dad who wants to live vicariously through them. And he's pushing, you know, to a ridiculous degree. How often do you come across kids who seemingly have everything from a financial aspect and, and seemingly have the support, but they're struggling on the inside? Oh yeah. That, that, and, and that happens a lot because of the, the nature of the, um, what I was coaching. Um, I actually saw that a lot. It was, you know, that, that, that level of, of competitive that I, that I was coaching at the time uh, was incredibly expensive. And, um, and so you had those kinds of situations where they were, they tended to be well, um, you know, middle-class or middle upper-class um, families. And uh, again, you, you talk to some of those kids and they have no idea why they're there and they're there because their parents want them to be there or, you know, they see some opportunity, they saw some opportunity, you know, when they were five years old, like Chris said, and, 
you know, suddenly here they are at, you know, 16, 17 years old, doing something that they've just always done, and they don't even know why. Um, my experience with that is more, um, well, I, I mean, just from my direct experience, I, I coached this one team, I started when they were 12. So they were a U13 team. And we worked all the way up until they were 19. And, and of the of the boys that I started with at that time, there were only you know, we started off with like 15 or 16 players. Um, by the time we got to that older age, um, I mean, there were maybe four or five left and they, the rest mm-hmm. of them had all stopped playing. They just all dropped out and mm-hmm. decided they weren't going to play anymore. Um, and they were fantastic players, but they were so burned out because they were, weren't there because they had the passion for it. Um, they were there because that's what their parents wanted them to do. And, you know, a lot of them had a lot of them could have gone to college and played and, and really had done something with it, but you know, they, they just left it behind and moved on to other things. So. And we see that so much, you know, um, you know, we said, we I said, we weren't going to go down to five, but uh, it keeps coming up, but you know, I, I guess would you say a lot of this, you know, uh, trauma comes from, from the parents because, you know, you start young and then it, you know, um, it goes into, you know, you have to win. We have to win. And you feel this pressure to win. And so then you get on this pedestal when you do start winning. Um, and then, you know, you get older and your body's tired. You know, you see that you missed out on different things because your focus has been on winning, you know, um, and it, to win, you have to put in a lot of work. Um, so, so you start missing out on things and there's other things you want to do. Um, and then we get to the high school level and the college level. And then, you know, it just, this person just has a, a break and starts doing things they didn't used to do, you know, um, uh, behavior wise, uh, start drinking more and start doing, you know, narcotics, things like that. Um, you know, would you say this, some of it starts when they're young? Absolutely. Um, you know, you go out to any youth sport, whether it's football or baseball or soccer or whatever, and there's, you know, those parents lining up on the sidelines, you know, screaming at their kids. And, um, and when I, when I coached that age, one of the things I did was I, I met with the parents on the first night and I said, look, I'm the coach. Um, I don't want you talking to the players. I'm going to instruct them on what to do. If you think you know better than me, you can come take my position. But otherwise, <laughs> I, I want you to cheer for them and, and root for them to do well. But otherwise, I don't want to hear you. And, um, you know, I, I had to ask a few parents to leave before because they they decided that they didn't like those rules. But um, but I wasn't going to tolerate that for my players because I didn't want to put my players under that type of um, uh, of pressure. Uh, obviously, other places that, that doesn't happen. And you get these young kids who are under tremendous pressure. I mean, we I would have kids and you guys have probably seen this too with with young ones crying because they missed a goal or because they dropped the ball or it's like man it's just a we're just (laughs) playing this is just fun um you know you you have to learn to have fun with it first and then you can learn and that's when you learn the skills while you're playing to be able to build up and you know um really take it to the next level and um, but they, they never learn how to have fun with it because their parents always put them under so much pressure um, and it does start then. It starts at that very young age. Freeman, I see you. I see your, your your gears turning over there. Like you got something to say. And you know, I've dealt with lot, man. You know, I've had brothers, and I'm, I'm talking about teammates. 
who uh, from the first from the first thing that was discussed about uh, taking their own lives, I've had teammates who had so much pressure on them that they, you know, we played at Ole Miss together and they make it professionally. Uh, like this actual teammate named uh, Tony Fon is like one of my real brothers. Like he always called and checked on me. I always made sure I was okay. Uh, he ended up getting drafted to the Baltimore Ravens, but he got cut out there probably about three months on the team. And a month and a half out of that, you see him like just take his life. And it, it was like a, a, a painful thing to, to experience, you know. And talking to his brothers and thing, he put the whole world's weight on his shoulder and went out and tried to compete. Because coming from those impoverished communities, most of the time, you know, our ideology is like, this is the only way that we can make it out. Right. So when he up trying to make it out, he had everybody on his back. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And family don't understand the pressure that they're putting on you. So they're like, oh, I want this car when you do this. I want this house when you do this. But it's so much pressure being put on that one person that, you know, if anything fails outside of the plan, they liable to snap and fall and, you know, do such things as taking their own lives. And it, it gets harder sometimes. Like, it, it's just, it just, like, real traumatizing because parents, they really don't know, you know, especially, like, these parents who have a little money like you guys are talking about now who have started investing at the age of five, sending their kid to this trainer, that trainer, saying they're going to do this. Like, the kid don't even know, his, know how to spell his full name yet, and they already got him training classes and you see this going on for year after year after year and they're being successful but it's not what they want to do or you know they're being successful and everybody's on their coattail and they're riding that one person on the way to the top it's painful both ways as you go because the ideology behind it and pressure bus pipes we all know that Pressure causes us to do, you know, things out of character a lot of times. A lot of things that we don't want to do and a lot of things that, you know, we're forced to do because pressure busts pipes. And, you know, we're talking about this. It's just, it, it's a sad topic for me because I always think about my brother. You know, he's been gone for, ooh, 2012. It's been a long time. So, yeah, it, it's been a bit. So, yeah. But... So, Doc, yeah. what what kind of advice would you have, not just for you know a player that's in that mindset or a, approaching a mind state like that? I think it's more important, you know, like Freeman was saying, the people around him. What kind of advice would you have for the family, the teammates, the people that are close to try to not only get help for that person, but how how should we respond, or what's the best way to deal with a situation like that? Yeah, and, and I think I think the point that he, Freeman made was was really good. The, I don't think that everybody around the person really recognizes how much pressure they're putting on them. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, you know, one of the things that's really, really surprising is you can have someone who's deteriorating like that and really struggling and really, you know, battling with all this going on. And no one around them even recognizes it. They even they don't even know that the person is having a hard time. And so, you know, if they, if they, if, if I have the opportunity to work with that person and I start seeing some of that, you know, I will talk with them and say, Hey, you know, we need to, we need to back off just a little bit. And let's just, you know, it's sort of like when you're playing the sport and you're, you're, 
you're having a rough, you know, you're in your uh, dip or something, you're not doing well, you know, you go back to the fundamentals. It's like, let's just go back to the fundamentals of just enjoying each other and celebrating each other and enjoying what you're doing so that you can take some of that pressure off and just say, hey, let's, you know, let's just go out there and have a good time. Let's, you know, hey, if it works out, it's great. If it doesn't, you know, we'll have another plan. It's, it's going to be okay. But but backing off some of that pressure that, that you know, it just keeps getting poured onto the person so that they can just breathe a little bit and, and um, you know, just recuperate as they're trying to go on to that next level. Um, but it's hard because, again, the people people don't recognize it and they're always thinking about time you know they um I, I i've heard people say a lot of times well you know we can't even take a break because if you take a break then everybody else is moving ahead and you're staying still or falling behind and now now there's a gap and you're you're losing you're losing your um your advantage and you know you gotta you gotta weigh out that really carefully and say you know what's more important um, you know, keeping up with everybody else or getting yourself well enough so that you can keep going to begin with. Um, but it's a hard discussion to have. Right. I mean, that break, that that really is, that's non-existent at this point. You know, there is no breaks uh, for kids anymore. And I mean, even starting at the age of five, you, you're playing year round uh, football. They have spring football. They have, you know, summer, summer workouts and training camp. You know, then they got fall football. So it's like you never stop. And that's with really typically every sport now. You know, it, it never stops. You have all season sports, you know, so the sports really not off season because you're still playing. Um, so um, those things start to take a toll on you mentally. And as you said earlier, you don't know why you're playing. You, you get to the point where I don't know why I'm playing anymore. You know why, but you don't know why, because like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because like Freeman said, this is what's going to get me and my family out of this bad situation. Or this is what my, my mom and dad want me to do um, because it's going to impress you know, those around their friends and their and the family because, they, you know, I made it and I'm in college and I'm a, a professional athlete. So you do start to forget, why am I doing this? That's a question that, you know, a lot of coaches ask the athlete, why? You know, why are you doing this? Especially when you're not winning games, you know, like, what, what are you doing this for? Right. You know, and a lot of times kids, they don't know why. Um, and some of them say, because I just want to have fun. But then it, that's scrutinized because you just want to have fun. This ain't for fun, you know? So, <laughs> what do you mean you just want to have fun? This is not for fun. If you want to have fun, go play outside with your friends. This is not here. You know, so then the game becomes not fun anymore, especially when you get to now the, the high school level. Now it's not fun, you know, because now it's a job. Um, and you, you start, you get into it so long. Me and, you know, Cortez talked about this. Uh, a lot, you know, he coaches, uh, he coached arena football. Um, you get in so long, you start chasing something that you don't even know what you're chasing anymore. And you, you're just playing because you feel like that's what you have to do. So doc, let me ask you this kind of piggybacking off of Chris's point. What advice would you have for an athlete or even a coach to find that sweet spot to where, Hey, I can still enjoy this, but I know I'm here to do something. Um, I have a goal. What, what kind of advice would you would you give an athlete to find that sweet spot to where they're not burned out, they're not fatigued, but they're still enjoying it while also trying to attain that goal? Well, you know, some of the research says suggests that um, the way that we do, we do some of this stuff is all wrong. Um, you know, they, they say that 
because you know we keep we keep going back to five year olds, don't we? Um, you know, it starts out at five, and you know, it's like somebody picks the picks a sport for them at five. You know, it's soccer or it's t-ball or football or something, and that's just what they do from then on. Um, and the research kind of says that they, you know, if you're really working to build a, a well-rounded athlete, um, they need to play multiple sports, and so they need to play you know, baseball and football and soccer and, and, and do all these different things so that they build that, that, um, those muscles and that coordination in in a lot of different areas and that they should do that up until, you know, probably through at least middle school or so. And that is not until high school that they should, should pick, you know, maybe pick one or maybe two, um, to continue. So, you know, one of the ways I think it helps with that is to, have them branch out to try other things. You know, if you really want to play a sport, you know, let's pick something else and do something different. Um, my son was really into soccer, but he took time off and he played baseball a few times. He played lacrosse a few times just to try some different things. Um, but by the time he was in middle and high school, you know, he decided that he was going to stick with soccer. And so that's what he finished high school with. Um, I, and I think that that keeps a little bit of that fun part fun aspect to it so that it's not year round of the same thing with the same coach and the same players and doing the same thing every week and every time um another part i think that is really important is you know one of the things that we really haven't talked about yet is is who the kid is you know um the kid the kids are really working hard especially through adolescence and in, in creating their identity who they are and if you talk to a lot of these youth athletes they don't have an identity other than a football player, other than a soccer player. And, and they don't, they don't know who they are. And so, you know, if something happens and it takes away the sport or, you know, they don't even know who they are if they're not on the field. And, and so, you know, we really have to work hard to help them appreciate the fact that, you know, you're, you're a whole person. There's a lot more to you than just what you can do on the football field. You can do a lot of other things and let's, let's look at that stuff. Um, let's try some other things that, you know, not taking away your, your sport, but let's, let's develop you in some of these other areas. Um, because if, you know, your whole life has just been focused on that, you, you haven't even explored any of these other things yet. It's funny you say that. Um, I was having a conversation with a, a coworker, and I think that same mentality could end up following someone throughout their lives. So where you know, you get into your mid to late 20s, your 30s, sometimes even your 40s, and you don't have an identity of who you are. And you've kind of floated through life and just gone, you know, gone with the flow and done a lot of things. And you find people who are a little bit older and they end up still trying to find themselves later in life where, you know, typically you've got a family, you got a career, a house, whatever it may be. So it's interesting to think about it that way uh, and seeing how, hey, it could start, you know, from a kid just trying to figure something out from middle school so that's that, that's really interesting here um trying to go back into the words mental health because i think these days it becomes a hot button issue at times it becomes a buzzword at times it becomes something that's you know cool to talk about are we at a point where i won't say we are you at a point and people that are you know kind of in the field to where you have to differentiate between what's real and what's not uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and to some extent, yes. Um, and, you know, and you get into the, the whole, you know, sort of philosophical discussion of what is real, because, um, you know, if a, if a kid is experiencing depression, you know, if they're feeling down and they're, they're, they're worried, is it, is it really depression or is it them, you know, 
not wanting to do or having a difficulty, you know, meeting their parents' expectations or something? Um, is that depression or is it something different? And um, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that with some, you know, we're seeing it in more media now where people are talking about mental health um, a little bit more openly um, to where people are more open to and, and welcoming the idea of, of looking at mental health professionals uh, or mental health in the very least, just the, a person's mental health as a, as a key aspect to their overall functioning, whether it's in academics or athletics or whatever, because, um, you know, it, our mental health affects everything that we do. Um, you know, your mental health affects what you eat. Um, when you're, when you're really stressed out and you're overwhelmed and you're, you're feeling out, you're going to be more likely to eat a lot of carbohydrates because it's going to increase serotonin and it's going to make you feel better at least for a few minutes. And then, you know, then you're going to crash and it's going to, you're going to make you want more. But, um, so we know that mental health affects all of these things consciously and subconsciously. Um, we just have to learn how to do something about it and, and be able to, you know, take care of our mental health, just like we take care of our physical health. So I appreciate everybody for jumping on and being a part of the conversation. Uh, once again, man, you got the PGR crew, Straight Talk Podcast. We appreciate you, Dr. Bernie. Hopefully we'll be able to collab again and do some more together and dig a little bit deeper into mental health. But man, you guys have a great night. What's up, world? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Just Kev, with Straight Talk with Postgrad Recruits Podcast. Just wanted to reach out with a small advisory. Please be advised, Straight Talk with Postgrad Recruits allows all people the opportunity to speak freely without judgment or bias. Listeners are encouraged to research the statements, comments, and viewpoints shared by guests or cast of the podcast as needed. Much love.